Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yeah, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and hello. It's a, it's a low voice Monday. <laughs> so it happens when you drive all night and get up early to do the show. That's, this is... This is <clears throat> this is movie tra- in a world. It's movie trailer day. That's I should be cutting all the movie trailers this morning, uh, and uh, getting things uh, ready to go. Hi, how are you? How are you guys doing? Uh, it is Monday, uh, which is uh, I'm sure exciting for everybody. Who ordered all the cold? My goodness, 19 degrees at my uh, at my studio this morning here in the old uh, Radio Ranch. And it is, uh, wow, uh, it is definitely uh, a little crisp. You know it's tough when it's, uh, you know it's tough when it's 35 degrees in Fairbanks and uh, 18 degrees when you pull into your house in Wasilla just a few hours later. Uh, <clears throat> who, who, who signed up for the reversal? That's what I want to know. Thir- I mean, that's, oof, man. All right, well, Monday, and we are continuing on with our candidate interviews. And I got to say, I was gratified uh, this weekend while I was at the Carlson Center, got a chance to meet and greet and say hi to a lot of you. And many of you said how much you appreciated the candidate interview portions that we've been doing right now, getting some information on all the various uh, candidates and getting their positions on things. So uh, I guess we did a good thing. I guess it was uh, I guess this was what we needed to do to get those candidates out there to answer questions and to talk about all the good stuff that uh, we have going on. Uh, while I was there, uh, it was interesting. I was actually able to wrangle a few candidates and uh, talk with them and get them signed up uh, for uh, talk and discussion, uh, including, Scott Kawasaki, who's going to be joining us in just one week. He's going to be with us on uh, on Halloween. Uh, and uh, so same hour, same bat channel, everything else. Uh, he'll be followed by Kevin McCabe. And then on the following Wednesday, which is the 2nd of November, uh, Jim Matherly will be joining us uh, as well. This week, uh, it's uh, going to be... Benjamin Vincent and Delana Johnson on Wednesday, Forrest Wolf and Liz Vasquez on Thursday. And of course, today we're going to be talking with Kevin McKinley and Reuben McNeil, both of them Republican candidates for House District 35. Um, and so this should be <clears throat> this should be an interesting run. 
This should be an interesting discussion this morning. This was the only seat, House District 35, was the only seat that was uh, that had more than five candidates. Uh, or excuse me, more than four candidates. Uh, they had five candidates in District 35. And so really it was the only seat in the entire state that uh, the ranked choice voting component actually played into. Uh, because every other seat had four candidates or less. And since ranked choice voting only affects the top four candidates, um, District 35 was the only seat that it really, really mattered in. Um, so uh, interesting, interesting discussions, interesting things uh, to, uh, to come about. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we can discover this morning on uh, in our interviews with uh, Kevin McKinley. And Reuben McNeil, um, I think that more than anything else, uh, it is important to recognize that regardless if you live in District 35, that uh, regardless of which one you rank first, you should still rank both of them together. Uh, both McKinley and McNeil, uh, you should uh, you should rank them both together because uh, wow, we we really need to. Uh, we really need to uh, see if we can change up that district from the blue district that it has been. This is the former district, um, well, it, for most of the same lines. It's been redistricted a bit, but overall, this was the same district that uh, previously was um, uh, being held by Adam Wool. So, anyway, that's uh, that's this morning and the rest of this week. Again, so Benjamin Vincent from Kodiak, Delana Johnson on Wednesday, Forrest Wolf. Liz Vasquez, both of Anchorage, on Thursday. Not too many. I got, uh, what? how many slots do I got left here? Uh, one, uh, two, three. I got three slots left uh, between now and Election Day. We will not be doing any interviews on Election Day. I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but maybe we'll do a recap of the top issues and maybe a little bit of an educational forum on the uh, Charter of Changes or something like that. So. Uh, all right. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. What is it? Oh, I'm sorry. We still got eight minutes before the commercial break. So I guess I should talk about something else. How about all the uh, politics? How about all the, how about all the, uh, the news that's fit to print, so to speak? Let's, uh, let's hit on some of that. Now, first and foremost, um, I want to say, uh, how sorry I am to the, uh, uh, to the Cottle family, for those of you that don't know, um, Bert Cottle last week um, uh, passed away. Now, Bert was the mayor of Valdez. He was the mayor of Wasilla. Um, he and I didn't always agree on everything, um, but uh, you know, he was a guy that had a lot of uh, he had a lot of heart and cared about the community a lot. <clears throat> and so, uh, it's uh, you know, it's a loss to uh, the family and the community. Uh, Bert Cottle passing away last week at the age of 69 years old. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Cottle family. And uh, like I said, even though we didn't uh, we didn't agree, there was a guy who at least believed in his community enough to stand up and uh, do what needed to be done. And so uh, and 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 you know run for office and do all that kind of stuff. So big thanks uh, to uh, him for all his work. And again, thoughts go out to the uh, family. Uh, as we continue. Oh, 
I don't know. Let's see. What what even uh, does anything even surprise you anymore in today's world of politics? Here's something that was no surprise to me or really anyone else who's been following this for many years, but it's now official. Senator Lisa Murkowski is not ranking the red. No, 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 no. She's voting for Mary Peltola for Congress. She put it out on Twitter uh, and it was replayed and relayed by uh, by reporters out there. She has been very, uh, uh, been very friendly with Peltola uh, since uh, Peltola won the temporary seat and she has continued to uh, to court that. Now, Republicans, of course, have been ranking the red. Uh, that's what their message has been, ranking all the uh, uh, ranking all the Republican candidates in a single race. But with uh, Murkowski, since she was actually asked by the Republican Party to leave the party, that's uh, that's not what's going on. Um, by uh, backing Peltola, the Shibaka campaign has said that Murkowski is also backing Nancy Pelosi. Uh, is this a Hail Mary or is it her only obvious path to victory, asks uh, Suzanne Downing. Murkowski knows that about 90 percent of Republicans are lost. To her. I would I think that's a high number, quite honestly. I don't think that it's quite that high. Uh, this is uh, this is, again, uh, Suzanne Downing talking. I don't know that it's 90 percent of Republicans are lost to her. I would maybe 80. But I mean, it's it's a big chunk for sure. But, um, you know, at this point, Murkowski is doing exactly what she did back in 2010 in overcoming uh, Joe Miller via that write-in. She is dependent on Democratic voters. I mean, does anybody remember Scott Adams? Does anybody in the chat room or, or listening right now, do you even remember who Scott Adams was? Scott Adams, for those of you who don't know, was the Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate in 2010. Uh, and after Murkowski lost the primary to Joe Miller, um, he was subsequently, uh, he being Scott Adams, was subsequently thrown under the bus by the Democratic Party as they went all in on Lisa Murkowski and uh, supported her and did everything they can to get to support her write-in campaign. It's, it was an unprecedented. I mean, it was, you know, it made the national news. It did all that kind of stuff. So this just seems to be more of the, uh, it just seems to be more of the same, where she is uh, now, you know, explicitly saying which side of her bread is buttered and knowing where she needs to go. She needs to court the Democrats to be able to get a stable, solid position in that race, uh, uh, what appears to be to most of us who are very cynical, that it is a purely political move more than anything else. Although, I guess maybe not purely political, because, again, probably she and Mary Peltola have more values, goals and positions in common than anything else. Politics, politics and more politics. It's continued. It's happened uh, this broke uh, late last week um, on Friday, and then on Saturday, a new lawsuit has come out. Um, a uh, uh, Downing called it the politics of personal destruction. Uh, the Kenai Peninsula Borough and Mayor Charlie Pierce had been, former Mayor Charlie Pierce, have now been named in a lawsuit um, by his former executive assistant, 
who said that he uh, sexually harassed her, not just a harassment lawsuit, which has been known in the past, but now that he sexually harassed her. And uh, unfortunately, this, you know, this appears to be, again, driven by a lot of politics uh, before Pierce had even been served on charges. According to Must Read, the ADN had already been given the documents and broken the story. Um, and before really before anybody else had a chance to uh, uh, to comment on it. And I'm not going to get down into the details, the nitty gritty details of it, but this complaint alleges that uh, he was uh, sexually harassing and bullying uh, this uh, this gal named Westles, Westles, um, and um, all kinds of different, you know, all kinds of different uh, uh, comments and objections on this. Uh, all comments and all questions have been referred to his attorney. And uh, I don't know if this is just another October surprise, 11th hour thing, if there's any. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, I haven't seen anything. I haven't followed anything other than the news story on it. But, of course, again, all the timing on this is always questionable. I mean, here we are. It was Friday. What? It's anything that happens within like three weeks of Election Day, you've got to at least ask yourself the question, what, what was this all about? Why, why does this come out now? Uh, especially since um, this gal who filed the complaint has not worked there since June or May or June or something, and just now it's coming about. Uh, uh, you know, and of course, there's been rumors about this bouncing around forever. Um, I don't know. It's just the the whole political thing is such a crazy business, anyway. But uh, it's out there. If you want to go dig into it and read into what is available, you can go see it. There's articles both up in Must Read and up on the ADN as well. All right. Um, we got, we got, uh, we're up against it. I guess that's it. We're ready to go. We're going to hit this thing and we are going to uh, uh, come back in just a moment with Kevin McKinley candidate for House District 35, who will be joining us, and uh, we'll see where this goes. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more in just a moment, and our candidates from House District 5, uh, 35, rather, starting off with Kevin McKinley right after this. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Okay. Um, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? You ready to go? Um, let me go back to the top here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Has anyone had problems getting their absentee ballots? They sent ours to our home address instead of the address we gave them in Wyoming. Well, you know, Fenumiai hadn't had her coffee or something earlier this morning, so that's where it all started out. Um, good morning. 13 degrees in the hook. I need to wear socks. Oh, my dad's in the chat room. Hello, dad. 
I wanted to go up and see mom and dad this weekend, but I was literally running from daylight to dark every day. Um, I'll be back for the auction in November. I'll come and see you guys then. Um, I was wondering how you. <laughs> I was wondering how you did. Uh, Michael, I saw your pick with Rob at the Carlson Center last night. Figured you'd be driving most of the night. Yeah, I pulled in here close to midnight last night and then was up at the crack of pre-dawn. Um, I'm going through here. Going through here. Um, see what else you guys are talking about here. Um, conservatives should shake up their party leadership. And uh, uh, demand some sticking to a conservative platform instead of supporting quasi-Democrats. Did you feel that? The earth just lurched a little bit. I just agreed with Harold on that. Um, all right. Um, I see Kevin McKinley has joined us in the green room. And so we're going to get to him here in just a hot second and uh, test his audio and all that other kind of stuff. Um, okay. Uh, all right, let me go over here and we'll add, we'll add Kevin to the, uh, we'll add Kevin to the broadcast and check his, uh, check his, uh, audio and everything here this morning. Good morning, my friend. Uh, how are you doing this morning? You ready to go? Kevin, can you hear me? Yeah, Michael. Uh, how am I doing there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You need to. Uh, uh, are you what? Don't watch the Facebook. Michael. Yes. yes. I can hear you. Don't watch the Facebook stream at the same time because the stream is behind. So if you just watch, are you just watching on the software that I gave you? Can you hear me now? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. All right. Um, yeah, Michael, I uh, I can't hear you at all. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's try this with. Uh, let's see, what can I do here? Um, and I I don't have the the. Let me try this. Well, oh, oh, you got it. You I got, think so. You got it now. You have to turn on the unmute the little microphone there. You ready? You can hear me now. <laughs> you can hear me now. All right. Yeah, I got you. Okay, okay, good. All right. Well, we're all good to go then. Um, all right. Kevin McKinley, our guest uh, for House District 35. We're going to chat with him here in just a second. I uh, just want to make sure that we're all on the same page and it's good to go. Uh, all right, Kevin, I'm going to drop you back into the two, uh, back into the green room here for just a second, and I will be back to you here in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Um, all right. Any other comments here? Um uh, let's see, Blub just going through here to see, explains why he stopped campaigning, says Chris on Twitch when he was talking about Charlie Pierce. Um, Terry says she absolutely does not believe this about Pierce. Um, I, you know, knowing Charlie for the last four years, I kind of find it hard to believe as well. But again, I wasn't there, so we'll have to see how that all goes. I still believe in the innocence and presumption thing. Um, um, I know a couple of people in the borough, says Jeannie. The majority of employees there, like Charlie, never a question where they stood. That's good to know. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. 
Uh, hey, isn't he the one that had COVID a couple of years ago? He's talking about Kevin McKinley. Yeah, Kevin was one of the first people that I knew that had COVID, and it was it was pretty wicked. Um, so we may we may touch on that as well. But we're going to get into this here in just a hot second. Like it, share, like it, share, like it, follow. Let's do this. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska and on the internet across the world as well. We're here to talk about uh, candidates, candidates. Who's got your candidates? I do. Today it's for House District 35. In fact, it's a twofer for House District 35. Starting off at this hour with Kevin McKinley, who uh, is no stranger to the game of politics. He ran uh, here a few years ago for this uh, same district. Uh, he comes back and joins us this morning to talk about his candidacy and everything that uh, is going on. Kevin McKinley, our guest. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Good morning, Michael. It's uh, hey, just, a, just, a, just a quick note. It's not quite the same district. We uh, added added a couple precincts to it. That's true. Mainly that's, Esther. Yeah, that's true. It, it went a little bit bluer, apparently, as we went through there. So that's all that's all good. Uh, Kevin, let's um, let's start fresh here so that people can get a feel for where you're at. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, uh, who you are, where you are, where you come from. Let's start there and uh, and and we'll move on to the political and philosophical aspects sure. from there. My name is Kevin McKinley, as is uh, Michael said, I'm a candidate for uh, House District 35, and I have ran before. I'm a business owner. I've been uh, self-employed for about 32 years now, and I know what it's like to write a paycheck and, and, and make sure that your budget balances. And I think that in government, we need more more of that, and I also think that we need more business people and less lawyers running. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? Get more entrepreneurs in there who actually know how to write a paycheck and and what it takes, and uh, and to get some of that stuff done. Kevin, what um, what initially made you decide to run for office? I mean, you and I have, we've gone over this before. Kevin and I, just full disclosure, Kevin and I are friends. We've been friends for a long time. But uh, you know, what, tell everybody else out there why in the world, as a business owner, and we know usually, especially how entrepreneurs, uh, how busy they are. What exactly made you decide, I don't have enough on my plate, let me run for office as well? I originally it started off with uh, regulations and how they started regulating my industry years right. back. And just watching Juno and, and seeing how they operated. And, you know, it was, it's, the, it's the typical story you know, where I was complaining about it and somebody says, well, you should do something about it. And that that person that originally said that was David Pruz. Uh, we knew each other from Shriners and stuff like that. Right. And, um, or Masons, I think. Anyway, um, I ended up kind of looking into it. I ended up going to a couple of uh, luncheons and then just started getting involved and said, yeah, I can do this. And if I'm going to complain about it, you know, I should step up and do something. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Either that or shut your pie hole. Stop complaining yeah. if you're not going to do something about it, right? Um, Kevin, now your district is again kind of a tough district to begin with. Uh, again, this Very was tough. this was the district that was previously held by Adam Wool. Now with some new additions to make it even bluer. Um, right. But go ahead. And, 
and before that, it was Pete Higgins, who was a Republican. So at one time, um, yeah. there was a Republican that held that seat for quite a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so now you've had a chance. I know you've been uh, out walking the district, talking to people, knocking on doors, doing all that. You've been campaigning, you know, all summer and everything. So what are your constituents concerned about? You know, is it the PFD? Is it the economy? Is it the crime? Is it uh, inflation? Is it ranked choice voting? Is it all of the above? Give us give me a rundown here of the of the top things that your your constituents when you're sitting on their door. That was always my favorite part. Standing on their doorstep in their own environments and listening to them, I mean, gripe in some ways, but also just share their feelings with you in a one-on-one basis. What are they What are they concerned about? Well, first off, I'd like to say that this campaign season, since I, since I get to compare these, um, this campaign to the, you know, a couple of previous campaigns, it's been really interesting because people are more apt to share this cycle than ever I've ever ever have seen before and you knock on somebody's door and they find out who you are and you're like you want to hear what i have to say about uh politics in the state yeah here we go Um, (laughs) here comes the floodgates let me tell you how it is uh so what are they talking about well first you got to realize that district 35 is is a huge district oh yeah and and so we get a lot of diversity in as, as far as uh economic um and you know everything so i would say one of the interesting things is that the previous campaigns crime was never a big issue right you know it wasn't real real select precincts but now i'm i'm seeing it more and more and more and it was just kind of on my you know my little card of oh make sure to ask about crime um and then the beginning of the campaign all of a sudden i started hearing it in, in places i've never heard before and i'm like really you have a crime problem now because remember you know, years ago, I knocked on your door and you didn't have a crime problem as well. You know, the, this one house next door, um, they're a problem now. And we, we keep calling the police and um, nothing's getting done about it. And we keep calling over and over and over and we just seem to can't get them out of there. So crime has actually moved up on the notch of concerns. Um, you know, I think the PFD is always going to be um, one of those in the ranking. You know, previously it was I was definitely one or two i think it's kind of dropped down a little bit uh inflation you know and energy prices have absolutely moved up into the top one and two ranks yeah and and so uh many times i've I've had this you know the the the, i don't want to say the pleasure but you know be kind of honored to hear what people were you know wanting to bear to me and you're just like yeah, I, I really feel your pain. You know, you filled up your fuel tank. Um, you know, it's just really, really hard on a lot of people out there. And so the winter, I think, is going to be um, kind of heavy on a lot of people. Well, this winter, definitely, uh, I had many people stop and talk to me this weekend uh, at the show and talk specifically about, uh, you know, the cost of living, inflation, uh, and how nice it would have been to get that PFD so they could have filled their tank with a lot less pain. A lot of people were talking about, you know, 5 and $6 a gallon uh, heating oil and what were they doing and yeah. when, when did they fill up? Did they catch it on the high? Did they catch it on the quote-unquote low and everything else? This is uh, definitely going to be a tough winter for a lot of folks. But, I, again, not surprised. It seems like pretty much 
you know, inflation, economy, and PFD seem to be leading the list with crime down there somewhere at the third or fourth rank for most of the candidates that we've talked to. And so we're seeing some similarities. And that brings us, of course, over to the discussions of, uh, you know, in the legislature as you tackle this, if you are elected to this office, you know, what are some of the first steps you're going to be taking? Are you going to be taking, uh, you know, trying to work on that PFD to get that, uh, you know, that volleyball off the court, so to speak, so we can talk about other things? Or what's your what's your position here? It definitely is a ball that keeps getting batted back and forth for sure. And, you know, you mentioned about the PFD and, and the fuel prices. Um, you know, a bigger PFD absolutely would have made a difference. You know, it, it, it kind of, when you look at it, you've got this bigger PFD check with a, with a fuel supplement in there. But the fuel prices went up so high that it was almost like getting a regular PFD again. Right, exactly. Well, and and I think you know we need to revisit here. I mean, you 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 support a full statutory PFD. I mean, should they be following the law uh, or changing the law if they don't want to follow? I mean, shouldn't there be something that has to happen there? Absolutely. You know, it is kind of frustrating. Well, and, and there's another thing added to there, Michael. That we got to think of is that I hate to say it, in the old days um, that it was the first call, and I think that's a really important part that a lot of people forget is that we, we kind of have this um, PFD that they kind of wait and say, well, what do we have left? I guess we'll, this is what we'll we'll throw at it. And I think that's got to stop. I think yeah. that's one of the main things that really needs to change. Besides being a statutory PFD, I think that um, it's important to a lot of people. You know, you look at um, how a lot of people survive on it. Um, it's going to be a hard, like I said before, it's going to be a hard winter. And... There are a lot of people out there that have just come out and said, if you're not going to give me my, my PFD, then change the law. And I'll, right. and I'll, and I'll I, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll but yeah, we'll in the amount of people that are getting frustrated, it seems like they're getting more and more. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it is, it is frustrating. I mean, you know, either, either follow the law or take the law off the books or change it or do whatever you need to do. I mean, you're right. We it, it did have first call. Thank you, Bill Walker, for changing how the state accounted for the PFD. It used to be a simple transfer and the people had first call on it and it was their share of the money. That's what that's what happened. You know, they got their half. Government got their half and everybody was, you know, fat, dumb and happy. Uh, unfortunately, a government as it's as is its nature has continued to grow and uh, continued to consume basically all the oxygen in the room and all the money in the room. And that's what they want to keep doing. We're talking with Kevin McKinley, by the way, candidate for House District 35. So uh, follow the I'm law. Gonna, yeah, I, wanna, I was going to add one little uh, sure. comment in there is that one side had to budget their money and one side didn't. That that's it. You know, I love it. As a business owner, I mean, you've got to live within your means. You can't just be like, well, you know, I was going to charge you, you know, a hundred dollars for this, but now I'm going to charge you two hundred because you know my expenses are up. And I really, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. So thank you for that extra hundred. You know, entrepreneurs can't do that. Businesses can't do that. Private citizens can't do that. We have to live within our means. I mean, we can borrow a little bit. We can spend on the card, but that's, I mean, that can only be done for a short period of time before the, the bill comes due right so you're absolutely correct yeah you know the the, the consequences are, are immediate well almost immediate when when you start living outside your budget as a business owner and a private citizen yeah you know private citizens are, are, are the, the big budgers out there because if they live outside their means 
you know, the, the effects of that are pretty swift. Well, we always hear, well, you can't compare government to a business. You can't compare government to your private. I mean, that's just not how it works. Well, that's how it should work. I mean, any government that lives beyond its means is, you know, basically writing its own demise sometime in the future. Uh, if all you're doing is taking in more and more, I mean, you're going to start you, you, you're hurting the economy. Right. I mean, um, I mean, again, you're a business owner back in the days when we got a full PFD. You saw a real impact on that. Right. In your you know, in your business and in other businesses, you saw that impact hit the economy. Um, it was huge. It was bigger than Christmas, and and you know I don't want to make light of that. You know, comparing it to Christmas, but because a lot of retail businesses out there, that was their one time of the year that they had to to make all the money or the most or the biggest part, you know, of their revenue for the year. Right. Right. And then they had to budget that for the rest of the year. Right. And years ago, um, it was a really big turnout. You know, for people going out and shopping and purchasing. And then, you know, um, nowadays, uh, we call it the PFD season. Um, it's real short. Yeah. You know, people are um, really watching their money and being really tight with it, which I don't blame them, you know, for the, the, right. the economic circumstances that we're in. But we are seeing a difference absolutely out there in spending. And, and I've talked to a lot of other business owners that are saying the same thing. It's not just my business out there. Right. No, I mean, it's a huge, you talk about the billions of dollars that get dropped into the economy. It's going to have an effect. I mean, there's a knock on for sure. Um, would you support uh, the idea of uh, enshrining the PFD formula in the Constitution so that the legislature can't ignore it? Uh, I know that's been a talking point. I know the governor tried to do that. Uh, people have argued that that's really the only way to get them to follow the law is to not have it be statute, which they can ignore, but to be constitutional because then they can't ignore it. Would you support that? Yeah, I, I think that um, something needs to be done. And it's it's interesting how we talked to a lot of people about the PFD. And earlier, um, there was a guy I used to talk to. His name was Sterling Gallagher. And um, he helped, I guess, write the, the PFD or um, was the, the, the math wizard behind it. And a lot of other people that really thought that the PFD was this bad idea. And over the years, you know, there's a lot of people now that are coming around, not as me, and saying, well, we've got to do something with this. Right. And if this is the only way that we can stop this from being this, as you said, a volleyball that we keep batting back forth across the net. Yeah, I, th I think so. And I don't know exactly how you would enshrine it, to be honest, whether it's the formula or, or, or the, the verbiage would be. But, yeah, I think it needs to go into the Constitution. And then, you know, maybe the, the legislature can get something else done in that 90 days. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if this was if they didn't have this to talk about and this to fight over, they'd have to admit and look at the hard, cold facts of, well, you can't dip into that pot of money anymore. So what you got left, meaning you've been spending too much. I mean, that's kind of the, the bottom line. Quickly here, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, can I make a quick comment on that? Is that I yeah, hear a ahead. lot of people uh, complain about the legislature not taking up um, – a bill that's really concerning to them. And and that's something that needs to be addressed too out there is that there's a lot of business that's not getting done just because um, of this one topic that we keep batting back. Right. Well, I've argued that uh, I've argued that uh, some people in the legislature don't seem to want to fix that uh, problem because, again, it gives them some political cover to continue to uh, grow the budget and make that argument and not have to fight about it. But we'll continue our discussions here in just a moment with Kevin McKinley. 
GOP candidate for House District 35. When we get back, we'll talk education, we'll talk ranked choice voting, uh, and more. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break right now. Kevin McKinley continues with us um, out there uh, on the uh, uh, on the airwaves. We like to change gears during the uh, commercial break so we don't repeat ourselves for the podcast. Um, uh, Kevin, what's the most surprising thing that you found out on the trip? Give me, you know, if you look back and say, okay, all the stuff since this campaign, give me some of the surprises. What are the things that you've been like, really? That's, I mean, you know, give me some shock here. What, 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 what's hit you a couple times? You know, I, I don't know if it's, 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 it's shocking, but I, I find a trend in my district, um, that keeps happening. And I knocked on this door. And um, the guy answers the door, the husband, and I can tell there's kids in there and he's, he's kind of pushing the door shut. No, no, uh, we don't need any. Um, my wife's asleep. Um, you, you know, he's just rolling out the, 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 the get out of here. <laughs> get out my know. porch, right. And I see um, somebody in the back that's kind of getting dressed and running towards the door. And he goes, oh. Yeah, here's my wife. Um, <laughs> and he just he just moved out of the way, and um, she says, "Well, I have a couple of questions." <laughs> the big thing lately is is that um, they 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 wanted to say that I just want to take a, a minute of your time because I know that you're in a hurry, and she asked me what what. Um, kind of the question that you asked is one of, one of the big things that happens to you on the campaign trail. And I said, you know, I said, one of the things that happens to me is that I'll be talking to somebody and because of the district, um, we have a lot of educators and people um, from universities, schools, and, and so forth. Right. I said, somebody will start talking to me about education and then they'll, they'll just grill me. And then right at the end, before I, you know, step off of their, their porch, they'll say, oh, by the way, I'm a teacher. And um, the lady looked at me. And so we started talking about education. Um, she said that she's got, I believe it was three kids in school and having a very difficult time. They weren't, they weren't great students. And, you know, what, what, you know, what is she going to do and so forth? And the schools in, in, in I want to say disarray, but it, it's, it's not working well. Um, and I said, well, and she asked me, she goes, what's my solution for it? And I said, you know, I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a big um, school choice person. And one of the things I keep hearing on the campaign trail, it's, I know it's not shocking, but it's, it's the, um, this is becoming bigger and bigger, is that the parents want to know or have a say in what the, the kids are learning and, and how they're learning it. And she goes, well, how do you plan on doing that? And I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm, you understand I'm a business person. And so I, I believe that competition um breeds excellence right and um uh, she says well so what are you saying i said well um are you saying that you're gonna you have more schools out there and i said well for a time there would be because you know we need to we need to open it up to where we can um have private schools and and so forth 
And right at the end, she goes, you know, I, she goes, I hate to do this to you, but she goes, um, I'm a teacher. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And I, yeah. And I looked at her and she goes, I was shocked that you said that because like so many people do that to you. And I didn't want to be one of those people. But after we started talking, I, I didn't want to let it out because, you know, I didn't want you to you know change how you were answering the questions. Right. And so I, th I think the big shocker is that. Um, even teachers, awesome. even teachers are having yeah. problems with the system, right? Yeah, even the, even the teachers are having problems with the system. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, we're going to get into that here in a minute with education. But yeah, I mean, I think that if the pandemic did, if there was any good that came out of the pandemic, it is that uh, people. If, I mean, first of all, it exposed all the cracks and the fractures in the school system of what was actually wrong. And it also showed people that there are alternatives to brick and mortar schools, you know, with the learning pods and, and charter schools and, and homeschooling and everything else. It showed people that there are choices and that they're not as dire. Remember when they used to paint homeschooling as, oh, my God, your children will all be backward, retarded. You know, they won't be able to speak to people. They won't know how to interact. They'll be like, oh, they'll hide. I mean, of course, none of that was ever true. But if you ever met a homeschooling child, you knew that that wasn't necessarily true. Right. But, but, I mean, and, they, they discovered it wasn't as hard as they thought it was. And and the one thing that, that I've learned out there, too, is that I believe that there's no one right silver bullet to this. You know, there's not, sure. not, there's not sure. one single answer because we have, the parents out there and the families, they're so varied in how they operate that. I, and I think that just shows that there needs to be a choice. Well, even children are so, different. I mean, I've had I've put five mm -hmm. different children through homeschooling, and each one learns in a different way. And so you have to take each one uh, on their own merits and and make those changes. All right. Well, we're going to jump back into it here, folks. If you haven't, uh, please like and follow the page. Uh, share this video with everybody else. Let's get more Alaskans involved in the conversation. And you can also, of course, always go out to YouTube if you're not getting notifications on Facebook. YouTube is very good about giving notifications every morning when we go live. So make sure you subscribe. Kevin's nodding. Subscribe and ring the bell uh, to get those notifications. Speaking of bell, that means we got to get back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, we're continuing now with Kevin McKinley, GOP candidate for House District 35. Just talked a bit about the PFD, and we kind of brushed into the discussion on education here during the break. Uh, and we'll start off there. I mean, since education is the second largest component of the budget, Kevin was just talking about how he's met with a lot of people on their doorstep, and they've asked him a lot of questions about education and then finished up with the fact that, oh, by the way, I'm a teacher. Uh, but he's acknowledging that even teachers are noticing that there's stuff, you know, stuff systemically wrong with the with the current system that we have right now. Uh, and, of course, all the Democratic talking points and the moderate talking points these days seems to be around the fact that we're just not giving enough money to education. Uh, so, Kevin, what's your take on education? I mean, is it a money problem? Is it a systemic problem? Should there be more options for people? And if so, what should it be, in your opinion? I think that one of the things that we're finding out after the pandemic, because you, you mentioned that while we were in the break room, that it really changed how we look at education. 
um, it, uh, I say that it kind of took the makeup off and we got to kind of see the system for really, you know, how it is. Right. Uh, it was kind of like a fast forward. And my, my belief is that we need more options. And I'm not saying that one option is, is, is better than the other. What I'm saying sure. is, is that when you have more options like out there in the, in the marketplace, um, I believe that people compete and, and during that competition, I believe that the people benefit from that. Right. Well, you said, you said, striving. you said competition breeds excellence, right? I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a, Correct. that's from entrepreneurship. I mean, competition is healthy and good. And that's what we're looking for is excellence, excellence in education. You know, what we want our, our, our kids, you know, K through 12 to um, graduate and, you know, be able to read, write, you know, math, English, science, right. You know, we need those, those skills. And so even in my business now, I'm hiring people that um, aren't as proficient as they used to be. (laughs) Right. I know. Um, So, I mean, school choice, I mean, is that vouchers? Should it be backpack funding where the money follows the student and then the parents could, you know, put them in private school or put them in a learning pod or do independent learning or do homeschooling? I mean, what's, you know, what do you think is the best uh, choice there? I do like the idea of the money following the kid or the, the child, right. you know, the, the student. This is a better way to put that. Right. Uh, and I think with that, you really, the, the, I believe that parents are going to be more involved because they have to make a choice now. Right. You know, they have to, to be a part of this process. And I think that, that with that, we're going to start seeing more choices um, evolve out of that. Yeah. And then you're going to see uh, your brick and mortars start to look at it and say, well, what do we need to do to be able to compete? Right. You know, it's kind of like the university that all of a sudden decided, I don't want to say all of a sudden, but they started realizing they had to compete in the online world of education. Right. Well, and of course, when they were faced with a shortfall, the first thing they finally, well, not the first thing, but the last thing they finally did was acknowledge that they had three separate university systems and maybe they needed to consolidate to save money. And of course, they dodged the bullet on that and didn't do it. But, you know, we've got 50, what, 53 school districts across the state, some of them with as few as a couple hundred kids. And each one of those districts has got a duplicative, you know, structure and administration. And, you know, we've seen the school enrollment across the state continue to decline steadily over the years. And yet the administrative cost continues to go up. I mean, at one point, you've got to say, we got too many administrators, not enough teachers. we got too few students. Something's got to change. Definitely the the system could be run more efficiently. Yeah. You know, that's just kind of one-on-one business is that if you're not efficient in, in what you do, you can be really good at what you do and you're not efficient and and you know, your longevity is is in jeopardy. You're not going to make any money. That's for sure. Um, All right. uh, Kevin McKinley, our guest. Kevin, um, one of the big things, of course, that's on the ballot every 10 years is the Constitutional Convention. And we've seen all the fear and all the, I'm so scared. It's going to be dark money, right? I mean, it's just, you know, all these things. Uh, And, you know, I'll admit, at the very beginning when they first broached it, I thought, hmm, that's concerning. But I've come to realize that, you know, there's also a cost in not doing anything at all. Uh, and the cost is continuing with the madness that we have now. What's your take on the Constitutional Convention? Do you support it? And, uh, you know, are those the changes that we can make it? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, be really upfront and quick with you. Um, I have been fairly against it. I'm kind of like you where I've been listening a lot to um, the, the pros and cons of it. 
And I, my, my take is on it is that I think we're going to go through a, a big process. Um, and I don't know if it's, if, if the convention is going to get us anywhere. Right. You know, I, yeah, that's, that's the part that, that, um, I, I keep kind of getting stuck on. And when I was talking to some people, uh, last Friday about the constitutional convention and this process is going to take, you know, a year, maybe two, four years or four years. Four, it'll probably four take, years. it'll probably take four years. But I guess my right. question is if at least we've had the conversation, I mean, what fear, I mean, what, in the end, the people get to vote on it and everything else. And again, all I have to do is look at the people who are fighting against a constitutional convention, the 16, part this, bothers me. the 1630 fund, the NEA, the IBEW, all these different, you know, pro, you know, at some point you just got to go, it's a, why shouldn't we at least start the conversation? Cause the legislature is obviously not going to fix these things. You, you know, I, I, I keep wishing they would, I keep wishing is that they've, they've done it what 28 times they've made constitutional amendments. And I think that they, they should be able to, to do it again. Right. Um, except for the, except, the, except for that lack of political will, you know, we need to elect people that would vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But well, my, my big, my big, an, my big answer is on this is, is that I'm learning a lot. Yeah. You know, well, we'll, and, and I, and I, and, and people say that I'm flip floppy and I have that. Uh, been out there and been on both sides of it. You know, well, I just went to an AMA conference recently and listened to listened to them talk. I'm a member of the Alaska Miners Association, right? And they came out really um, against the Constitutional Convention for the the fact that dur- that duration that this convention is is happening, um, it'll affect investment in Alaska. Well, so I mean, I look, there's there's a danger to everything. There's a danger to doing something. Sure. There's a danger to doing nothing. And I, like you, I mean, if you want to call it flip-flopping, I initially was very cautious. And now I've decided that we have to give it a try. I mean, other states have done dozens of constitutional conventions over the years, and it hasn't been the end of the world. So we'll have to figure it out. I don't want to take up too much more time with this. Sure. Uh, we're coming down to the end here. we got uh, just a couple minutes. Uh, Kevin, what would be your number one thing if you, uh, you got – uh, voted into office and were sworn in today. What what's tomorrow look like? What do you start with on your way in? You know, I, I think that the one of the, the things I would start with first is is crime. Uh, go into some of the neighborhoods and just hearing the desperation and a lot of their voices about what do we do? Yeah, yeah. I, I was um, at a luncheon and the uh, police chief uh, Spitzer, Eric Spitzer. And so I started bringing it up to him and, and I was trying not to say street names and, right. you know, the house numbers and so forth. And he just blurted it out. He was like, oh, you're talking about this guy's house and on this street. And says, we're very aware of that and, and trying to get that done. And I was like, well, what do we need to do to get that done? And so crime is going to be a big one. Good. Absolutely. That's going to be really on top. Kevin, uh, down to less than two minutes here, so I want to give you a chance to give us your elevator pitch. Uh, why should they vote for you? I'm, ass- I'm assuming you're supporting ranking the Reds, so vote number one for you, vote number two for your Republican compatriot, and then go on from there. Give, Absolutely. Give us, give us the pitch. And, and, I, and I think that ranking the Red is really important. I'm going to hit on that for a moment because uh, we've heard uh, there's uh, a senator out there that's not ranking the Red, and I, I'm just shaking my head at that. I, I just don't even have to say about it. I don't want to spend much time on it. But ranking the red is very important out there. And, and, and if we don't do that, that's a sure way of, of putting somebody that we don't want in this seat. Right. Um, 
this is this is the C, this is the district that has the only real um, race out there that had um, uh, what they call a jungle primary and then ranked choice voting after that. And so I ask everybody out there that's voting in, in district um, 35 to rank the red. Uh, just to wrap me up, uh, I see a little one minute thing left. Um, I'm Kevin McKinley. I'm running for uh, state house district 35. I'm a businessman. Um, and I want to change um, Alaska. And I want to make Alaskans for Alaskans. All right, Kevin McKinley, you can find him uh, at alaskansforkevinmckinley.com. That's his website where you can find out more information about him. Uh, and, uh, of course, he's out and about walking the districts and everything else, so be on the lookout for him. Kevin McKinley, thank you, my friend, for coming on board and joining us today. As always, it's uh, good to talk to you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you down in Juneau. Michael, good to talk to you, too. And it was good to see you out at the uh, the convention of the show uh, this weekend. Yep. Was, did you did you try the shooters? Did you? Did I you, did. Uh, I've done it before, but I didn't. We're out of time, folks. We'll see you in the next hour. All right, Kevin. Uh, I'll give you a final bite here. Uh, how about a how about a two minute window here? Or so, for you, anything that I didn't hit on, anything that you think is important that your constituents are talking about, or anything that we didn't touch on, now's the time to absolutely. Now's the time there, to hit there's it. a big one that we left out. There's there's a huge one that we left out. Okay. Uh, my, my district, like a, like a lot of other ones, there's a lot of people that hunt and fish um, in my district. And um, 2A is, you know, Second Amendment is really becoming a, a, a big deal. As you know, I had a, a 2A um, event and it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was um, good for people to, to come out there and, and, and talk about their concerns. And, and um, what really gets me is, is that we have a candidate that's not Reuben or me. Um, it's uh, Ashley, Ashley Carrick that used to be the or still is the uh, chief of staff for Adam Wool. And you got to remember that Adam um, is the one that put out that bill HB 203 that was a safe storage uh, bill, which was full of unintended consequences of basically making law-abiding, safe gun owners um, criminals. And right. so, um, be aware of that, that that we always have got to protect our Second Amendment rights. It's always on the, on the table. Yeah, one of the most entertaining debates on the floor was Adam Wool being educated by others that gun manufacturers already included trigger locks with all their guns uh, and safety locks with all their guns. And he was just absolutely sure that that wasn't the case. Uh, and, of course, this is, again, the unintended consequences of people who don't understand things like firearms, trying to make rules and regulations on things like firearms. So, yeah, it's good to know that there are people like you and Ruben and, and others and other Republicans out there who believe that, you know, your rights shouldn't be infringed. And this makes no sense, especially in Alaska. And and, and, and um, they want to put a bill out there uh, or create a law out there that's not going to um, do anything about crime. It's not going to save lives. It's it's right. not going to reduce the the crime statistics, and uh, yeah. So, be aware of that. That when you hear these these bills like safe 
safe gun stories and, and things like that. It's kind of a misnomer. Yeah. No, those laws are always, I have to chuckle on that because, uh, you know, that's the thing. Oh, we're trying to say, well, I mean, are you, I mean, are you really, I mean, the only thing that you might possibly save on most of those situations is a potential suicide, which is, I mean, a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but to criminalize a whole swath of Alaskans simply to do something like that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and, it, and of course they never talk about the enforcement mechanism. They never talk about any of that other stuff. It's more of, I think, just virtue signaling to say, look at me. I did what I needed to do to stand up and fight those laws. So it's, uh, yeah. And especially since the, your, your opponent, Ashley Carrick actually, you know, authored that bill, uh, and yep. wrote it for Adam. That's, um, that's kind of it just a kind of a preview of things to come. So, uh, It'll be. So everybody be aware of that yeah, out there. Absolutely. That, that, that our Second Amendment rights are um, up for this reelection. And, yeah. and it's important. And um, I think that we haven't had um, that discussion enough in this election. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, Kevin McKinley, House District 35. Again, Alaskans for KevinMcKinley.com is the website. I've got a link up in the chat room there. You should be able to see it no matter where you're watching it. What is this, Firearms Monday? No, it's a bill that's in the – oh, never mind. I got got the troll. The, our resident troll is uh, making himself heard on the in the chat room today. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on board, my friend. Good luck to you. Uh, again, rank all the red in this district and make sure you vote for McKinley and Reuben and uh, McNeil at this point. And uh, we'll get uh, we'll get one of you in there, uh, and it will be a good, uh, good change for Alaskans. Kevin, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on board. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you being part of it today. Kevin McKinley, our guest here uh, on the program for today. All right, we're waiting for Reuben McNeil to join us. He should be uh, joining us in the chat room here, uh, in the green room here any minute, and we'll be getting down onto that and uh, talking about it. Uh, every day is a good day for firearms, says Jennifer. You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, uh, especially when we're talking with potential candidates who would be voting and talking about that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's it's good. Um, let me go back here. Um, and Bill Price, who were talking about the mining uh, miners being against opening the Constitution, and he said, "Of course they did. Mining is effectively not taxed at all, which he's not wrong. It's like a three percent severance tax, uh, which of course is a net profit scheme. It makes no sense whatsoever." Uh, I mean, I would like to see. I would like to see. I've advocated for years that we need to review our mining, uh, our mining taxation in this state, and that it should be different. Um, but <clears throat> I guess we'll see what happens uh, as we go through. All righty, let me see what else we got here. Um, going back through the thing, Randy saying that we shouldn't talk about uh, enshrining of free money, which it's not free money; it's your money. Um, uh, Sandy points out that the pandemic threw ideas enrollment up to ten thousand students statewide. Uh, and that they're still up there. People saw the firsthand benefits of homeschooling and how IDEA can incorporate private school, public school, and various local classes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think IDEA was probably one of the ones that was there leading the charge, but all the homeschooling programs saw a huge bump, a huge bump in uh, in their uh, educate in their enrollments uh, post COVID because the school, the local school systems, did such a pathetic job of pulling it all together. It's uh, it's it's insane. Um, all right, hey, I saw Robbie. Uh, Robbie's in the chat room. I met Robbie this weekend at the uh, at the at the show. 
it was good to see you guys there. Uh, good to see you there, Robbie. And of course, good to see a lot of others uh, that came in and saw us there as well. So thanks for coming out and joining us. All right. Well, we're waiting for Ruben. I don't know where he's at, but uh, we'll uh, he should be here in just a second. And hopefully we'll crack into this and get things going on. Uh, we will um, continue. I guess we'll just start right here. Just keep things going. Oh, I saw Barbara as well. Saw Tammy Wilson, saw Rob Myers, Frank Tomaszewski. I saw a whole bunch of people this weekend. All right, folks, you ready to go? Let's get it going on. Hour two, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station uh, and or FM translator, uh, The Michael Duke Show. Uh, we are waiting on, uh, we're waiting on uh, Ruben McNeil here uh, to be joining us here. He's going to join us as candidate, GOP candidate for uh, District 35, I sent out the emails this morning. I talked to him yesterday and said he was looking forward to it, but uh, he hasn't quite joined us yet, so we'll see if there's a technical difficulty or something else. We will uh, get uh, get him on board here in just a second and talk about things. Uh, we just finished up with Kevin McKinley, who is also a Republican candidate for District 35, and he struck on something very uh, in the uh, very – uh, late in the uh, uh, interview, where he again was talking about um, uh, talking about uh, you know ranking the red, that it was important that you vote for him and that you vote for Ruben as well. Uh, Ruben, oh, he said Ruben says you're in the chat room. Ruben, check your email. There's a link in your email that you have to follow to get on board so that we can do the video together, you and me. So go check your email real quick and uh, follow that link and get into the. Uh, Get into the green room here, and we'll be uh, we'll be on board together. Okay, so if you're watching on the chat room right now, go check your email. Um, all right, uh, but yeah, I think that, that that's important. You may not like ranked choice voting, and I know many of you don't. I mean, I'm not a fan of it either, but it is the system that we have, and so if we're gonna be forced to use it, then we should utilize it to the best of its ability. This is why. I was so disappointed early on uh, in the Palin campaign as they were basically just say, rank me and don't do anything else. Rank one and done because it's a protest against rank choice. That's not going to help anything. That's I mean, yes, I mean, if you want to protest against rank choice voting, I'm all about that. But don't 
I mean, the only way you can play the game or the only way you can win the game is to play the game. And that may not be what you want to do. I mean, I certainly don't want to have to play that game, but it's the otherwise we're going to get killed, uh, as it was very obvious there in the uh, uh, very obvious in the uh, in this last go round. That's what happened in the whole Peltola debate is that it got it was very obviously a uh, it was very obviously, uh, you know, a, a, both both uh, baggage and Palin had a whole lot of people who was one and done. And then others voted for Peltola back and forth. And so, again, ranking the red is the important, I think, message that needs to come out in all these different districts as well. Uh, all right. I see that Reuben uh, McNeil has now joined us in the green room. And so we're going to uh, go on over there and we'll pick things up with him and see what he has to say. And uh, we'll start off right now. Good morning, Reuben. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, sir, I can. All right. Well, good morning and thanks for coming on board and joining us today. Uh, let's uh, let's get things started and we'll just give people a little bit of uh, background. Uh, Ruben, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are, where you are, where you come from, a little bit of history lesson, and then we'll move on into the uh, the politics, so to speak, of the situation. Let's uh, let's get started. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Uh, excited to do your show. I appreciate the invite. I uh, 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 I'm a, a Fairbanks guy. I've been in Fairbanks since 89, but I'm actually Alaskan born to a military father and a stay-at-home mom. So I've been in and out of Alaska for a long time, uh, you know, uh, throughout my whole life, but I've been here since 89. Um, you know, I was raised in a very conservative family, so I really don't, uh, don't know anything, uh, thing else but conservatism and, and loving your country, proud of the colors. Uh, um, I am a UAF graduate. Uh, I built my house uh, with the help of my family um, back in 2007-8. And uh, I have built a medical career, an outpatient medical career here in Fairbanks um, since about 98. Uh, and uh, I am the Lone Ranger up here in Alaska. Uh, my, uh, my sister and her family moved out about 10 years ago and and my father uh um followed here a few years he's, he's got health issues so so but alaska's in my heart i love alaska i love the lifestyle i love the people uh um i i have a i have a job where i have a very i have an intimate relationship with people i do outpatient care or i did outpatient care where i would um, go into people's homes and and I, uh, I met people on a very personal level, and I, and I have a, a deep fondness for, the, for them. And uh, um, um, so that's where I come from, Michael. Um, when exactly did you decide that, uh, boy, you don't have enough to do, so let me decide to run for office? I mean, when exactly did you lose your mind and decide that was a good idea? Was it a single issue that just kind of tipped you over the edge, or was it, or was it something cumulative? You know what? It's it's probably cumulative. You know, I didn't give a I, I didn't give a rat's rear end about politics up until nine eleven. Honestly, uh, um, you know, I ended up I was moose hunting. Me and my father and my uncle were moose hunting on September tenth, and I shot I actually shot a moose on September tenth, and uh, um, um, we gutted them and took some out and and went home and came back the next morning to the news uh, uh, that that a tower was hit. 
and all that stuff. So, um, um, you know, both my uncle and my father were military. They're like, you know, something's going on. Something isn't right. Um, they're going to start locking things down. Well, my hunting area is accessed by the pipeline. So we quick, quick um, geared up to go get the rest of the moose out. Uh, and uh, um, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything else um, until I got home that afternoon and uh, found out that the, that that the towers had fallen and 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 the Pentagon had been hit and all that stuff. And I have to tell you, Michael, uh, it was like someone flipped on the light switch for me. And I, I really felt that America changed at that time. Uh, and uh, and I, be, I started getting a little bit more interested uh, in national politics and and things like that about that time. But what really kicked me into high gear was Barack Hussein Obama. That's what kicked me into high gear, uh, and I really started paying attention. And then, and that's where my I started getting vocal on social media, things like that, uh, in regards to some of my frustrations. So I always tell people when I'm out in the community and I'm talking is that you know I'm like so many Alaskans, but really so many Americans is that you know I feel powerless. I don't feel like I'm being represented by my uh, my legislators. And I sit at the couch and I, I turn on One American News or fo even Fox News and I just scream at the TV. And, uh, and, uh, um, and then along comes uh, um, Donald Trump, um, um, which I'm a supporter of. And along comes Joe Biden and the election of 2020. And I'm like, we're losing it. The, the country is slipping through our fingers. What can I do? And uh, I looked at my situation. I'm a... Uh, um, and I said, you know, I can do this and I'm smart enough to, to take the slings and arrows and the learning curve that comes with, uh, um, re representing people with concerns like me. And, uh, that's exactly what I intend to do. Okay. So that's why. Uh, I asked this question of all the candidates because for me, when I ran for office, it was one of my favorite parts and it also gave me a lot of insight. I'm assuming that you've been out and about talking to people, knocking on doors and talking to your constituents face to face, uh, you know, on their front porches. What, uh, you know, what's important to people? What are they talking about? Is it, you know, PFD? Is it inflation? Is it the economy? Is it crime? Uh, you know, size and scope of government. What, uh, what, what are they saying to you when you're out there talking to them face to face? Yeah, you know, Michael, I, I listened to uh, Kevin's interview, and I, I kind of mirror a lot of what he said. But um, you know, people do have an have an issue, obviously, of energy, the cost of energy, and and the and the prices at the grocery store going up. Um, um, you know, people, you know, on my rack card. First item on my uh, rack card is the PFD. Uh, I do believe it, it should be paid, and 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 I do get comments from people that they appreciate. You know, they'll go through my rack card and they'll be like, uh, "Yep, yep, 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 yep." You know, all that stuff. Um, I do hear PFD comments. Certainly, hear the the energy costs. Uh, a little bit about you know, a little bit about education and the and the and the perceived indoctrination. Really, not perceived. It's a fact. The things that are going in uh, with going on in the in the schools with. Uh, um, some of this uh, woke type indoctrination. Uh, um, most recently, which is really when I started getting active, uh, was around the COVID policy and the masking uh, uh, um, th that we're seeing in the communities, uh, um, and 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 seemingly how media uh, was guiding the narrative away from 
um, you know, what we, you know, what we would discover through through our own research, common man research, that just wasn't jiving. Um, so, um, but of interest, uh, I'd like to share this is that I, I I did walk up to a lot of houses, uh, a, a decent number of houses, and I, and I was one of those candidates, Michael, where I didn't have the fancy app where it would tell you where the Republican House is and who voted in the last few elections and all that stuff. And I understand the purpose of those apps. But what I chose to do was was to knock on every door on a street. And uh, and I would talk to Democrats and I would talk to independents and Republicans, of course. Um, I didn't get a lot of doors slammed in my face uh, um, from the people that didn't really agree with me. Um, I had conversations and I made that decision um, because I understand who I work for, uh, Michael. I work for I, I would, as a legislator, work for the people, and uh, I would not only represent the conservative brand in District 35, but represent everybody. So, whether or not I could align with some some some, some other people doesn't mean that I wouldn't be a good and thoughtful legislator for them. Right. Um. But that's what I was hearing when I was out door knocking, and it was a really it was a really enjoyable experience. I've never run for office. It's the one thing, Michael, that I've enjoyed the most is actually knocking on people's homes. But I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this is that I'm a, I am was a home care respiratory therapist for years. I'm very comfortable at people's door. I, uh, uh, I talk well. I, I'm, I'm confident about what I believe in. And uh, in some cases, I've been invited into the homes, but I'm very used to that. And so it, was, it is by far the most enjoyable activity I've done uh, as, a, as a candidate. Um, we're going to uh, we're coming up on the break here, but let's get into the first issue, which I think is one of the bigger ones. Uh, obviously, education has become a keystone in this election. Uh, a lot of the talking points from uh, candidates, especially in the moderate to liberal uh, uh, persuasion, has been how much we're neglecting education. We're underfunding it. We're doing all these things. Uh, and yet, if you look at the actual raw numbers, you'll see, you know, again, the kind of the hockey stick thing over the last 20 years where we've spent exponentially ever increasing amounts of money. And yet, scholastically, we're still at the bottom of the barrel. What is the solution in your mind? I mean, I mean, how do we fix it? Is there ways to make the educational budget smaller while still while increasing our scholastic achievement? Um, is it is it a money issue? Is it a systemic issue? What 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 is your what are your thoughts on education here? We got about uh, two and a half three minutes. Yeah, you know, um, um, Michael, I I was publicly school trained here in Interior Alaska. Granted, it was only for my senior year, uh, um, and then I obviously um, spent many years up at UAF. Um, I do believe that. Yeah, I, I understand that there's a massive call for more money, more money. Uh, the BSA hasn't been increased um, um, much above three or four percent since I think 2018, 2017, something like that. Um, I see the flood of teachers out of schools, but what's more troubling to me is is the flood of kids out of schools. Now, uh, I think it's justified. So I'm I'm absolutely open to a. Uh, um, um, school choice and uh and allowing money to follow the uh, um follow kids um to to areas of schooling and education that parents choose uh um i am absolutely i i don't i have no desire to in public schools uh um 
Um, I believe that they have a place, but I, I, I also see what's been happening in the public school system. Uh, I do believe there's some there's some trimming of the fat that can happen, but I also believe that there's probably some contracting issues that that normal budgeting processes from Juno doesn't really help. I I believe this is a I believe this is a state or the, the constitution doesn't allow this, but you know you know these schools when they when they crank up you know they're they're signing you know they're trying to get people hired they're trying to get transportation set up nutrition service things like that and i don't know if if they have they they know what money's been budgeted to them before they start doing things like this so i i I've, i sense there's a lot of inefficiencies um that can probably be cleaned up in regards to that uh, um, 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 but me personally, you know, what fires me up is, is that, uh, look at, look at math scores in the, in the, in the Fairbanks school district. I don't, I don't even know, uh, I've read this somewhere or I heard it somewhere that, um, UAF college students, uh, are, are, are have horribly bad math scores. And they uh, and they're having to take like a remedial math class just to be able to take um, beginning classes at the at the at the college level. I mean, people are screaming to increase the BSA, but what's wrong with the, considering this, you know give it give us some outcome measures in regards to, to the basics such as uh, um, the math and the writing and the reading. I mean, let's 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 see some performance. Right. Uh, um, versus uh, versus trying to alter the minds of these people in regards to things like gender ideology and woke cancel culture and being so divisive. I mean, isn't isn't that what what we send our kids to school to do? I don't have any kids, so I'm I'm a poor uh, um, 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 I, I may I may know even less than I think I know, sadly. So that's kind of where I'm at on the whole education question. All right. Ruben McNeil is our guest GOP candidate for House District 35. We're going to continue with him here in just a moment. And we will uh, pick things back up on the other side. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more after this. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, in the break right now with Ruben McNeil. Um, you know, Ruben, I mean, that's I guess that's the question. I mean, we have uh, – I think the declining enrollments is the one thing that nobody – I mean, we're talking about it and they get mentioned. But, you know, what I find ironic is they're like, well, we need more money, but you have less students. I mean, the Anchorage School District just admitted that uh, – you know, they had a 20 percent drop in K in, in kindergarten uh, and, uh, you know, first grade kind of enrollment. And they've got a 20 percent decline in the birth rate for kids who were, co- you know, in the last couple of years. So that means it's going to decline even more going forward. Yet it's like, well, we need more money, but we have less students. You know, we have higher overhead and more administrators, but we need more money. I mean, you know, it's like 40 percent of the dollars are getting into the classroom or 50 percent in in the, in the K through 12 school districts. And so it's a lot of it's being sucked up by this overhead. And of course, you've got the base student allocation feeds a lot of that overhead. So shouldn't we break these things open and start looking at, you know, how do we get the dollars straight to the kids instead of going through all the overhead? Yeah, you know, Michael, I mean, you nailed it, bud. I mean, uh, um, exactly. I, 
you know, I think people look at me as a, as an absolute grassroots. I've never run for political office, and they and I come in here with these big ideas, and and they look at me with a with with a with a side eye, and they're saying this this guy he's out of his league. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But you know that there may be some truth to this, and I'll admit this. But I'm willing to work. You know, I come from a working family. The two, the the hardest working people I've ever known were my sister and my my father. But I'm not afraid of work. And, uh, and I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid and easily intimidated to sit at a table with people that may have a lot more information, knowledge, and experience than I do and say, listen, make this make sense to the people that we represent because you represented me just a year ago, okay? I mean, you know, we're all budgeting in our homes, especially now with these ridiculous gas prices. I mean, I, I drove to Anchorage a couple of weeks ago with a friend and... Uh, I saw $6.57 in Cantwell. I about had a heart attack. I've never seen gas prices like that. Um, so, so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just nuts, but let's, let's get to work. Like you, like you said so well, you know, let's, let's pick this stuff apart. Okay. You know, we have 90 day sessions. They've been going to 120 days for, you know, for God's sakes with, with all the brilliant knowledge and experience that keeps that, that we keep sending back up to a, Juno, yet it's a flipping dumpster fire up there, especially last last session. So so I'm willing to get I'm willing to get dirty on education. I'm willing to get dirty on all this stuff. You know, I'll I'll, I'll say this is that, you know, my when I started running, I talked to my father and and my father's, you know, he's he's a principled man. He said, listen, run like run as if run like this you know you had a job when you went looking for this one you'll have a job if you don't have this one but be true to yourself be true to your principles you know look a man in the eye and tell him the truth and uh, and be prepared to work and be prepared to upset people uh, um, because the, the decisions that need to happen uh, across the board are tough decisions right and some some people are going to benefit others are going to hurt and uh, it's just the way it is. It's called adulthood. Yeah. Uh, Ruby McNeil is our guest. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you got to look at these things and understand them uh, specifically. I mean, the administrative costs in schools, again, if you look at it on a trend line, you'll see that the administrative costs have continued to climb while the enrollment has continued to. I mean, you know, <clears throat> at some point we have to admit that the uh, something's fundamentally broken in the system. You know what I mean? That something is not working right. And we've got to be strong enough and brave enough to be able to say that and say, let's, let's make some changes. And, uh, and I think that's important, especially with, um, especially with uh, the fact that it's the number two item in the budget, as far as size and scope of, of the budget. Uh, we're going to well, go ahead quickly, quickly. I got 30 seconds. Yeah. And listen, parents are waking up. And COVID woke up a lot of parents, okay? And they're not, they're, they're not taking it anymore. And uh, you can see it a, across the country. Um, 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 there's, a, there's a turning tide coming here uh, in our schools. And uh, I think it's healthy, a little scary, but I actually think it's healthy. And, uh, and... All right. That means we got to jump back into it. Here we go. Ruben McNeil is our guest, candidate for House District 35. Please share this video. Like and share. Subscribe. Ring the bell. Here we go.
All right, we're continuing right now. Ruben McNeil is our guest. Um, we were talking a bit about uh, education here before we uh, before we jump to the break. Let's move over to the uh, PFD uh, because we saw here, uh, you know, what we had one of the largest PFDs we've had in quite a while dollar-wise, although still not a full statutory PFD, and we've seen the effect on Alaskans and on the economy. Ruben, where do you stand on the PFD? What should we be doing with that? And uh, what's your solution to try and fix the issue of the PFD? Well, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of funny is that uh, if you talk to a candidate campaigning right now, hell, you know, hell, they're all for a full PFD. I mean, I mean, it's almost a death blow if you're not okay. But I'm actually really full for a full statutory PFD. I mean, uh, it's at the top of my rack card. And uh, um, I think um, um, that that money um, is constitutionally uh, um, guaranteed to uh, and guaranteed and intended for the Alaskan people and should be paid. And uh, um, and I'm going to shock you. And I, I, I may appear extremely naive when I say this, but I actually believe that we should do serious work on the back pay since 2016. And uh, um, and. I, I know I say that to people, especially people that are maybe in the in, in the party or in the political know, and their eye their eyes glaze over. But I believe that if we get serious people uh, uh, in a room at a table, and we're we're heading in the same direction, we can work out a plan to make the Alaskan people whole on the dividend um, going forward and in the past. You know. Um, that should, that dividend should be paid first, and then we start budgeting process. Then, then we start the budgeting processes. I don't understand how it how it went off rails, and it's this nightmare that is now. You know, um, there's some candidates here in Fairbanks in the interior here. They're like, you know, a long term fiscal plan. I don't think. Matter of fact, I'm I, I would be willing to bet that there's you're not going to have a a feasible long term fiscal plan if you don't fix the dividend. Right. I mean, every, you know, back before, you know, back before the Walker days, I, I remember this and we all remember this who are Alaskans, you know, September would roll around and, and the governor would announce the dividend. And it was something that we looked forward to because uh, um, we expected it. We knew it was a, it was, it was done by a calculation and a process that was in statute and was the correct way and um, um, the dividend would be paid and we do the things with the money that we would do. We would pay down credit cards. We would go buy uh, um, 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 furniture. Uh, I would look at buying a gun if I could, you know, things like that, you know, make a car payment or two, you know, things like that. Um, that's all gone now. It is a, it's a big yoke around uh, um, um, the legislature and, 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 uh, it's a, it's a wedge point and, uh, um, it's, it's now used as a, as a tool. You say it all the time, time compression. I think you're exactly right on that because there's, there's clear evidence of that, you know, and then, and then I look at what is happening with inflation and I look at, and I got friends, you know, I don't have any kids, but I got friends with wives and kids and I'm doing the math on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, PFD and I'm like that might get them through the winter with with fuel costs and grocery costs right but when we play these games where we uh where we prioritize government services over the people in regards to something that they're entitled to and I hate the word entitled but they're entitled to 
it, it just seems really mean. It's things really thoughtless and it's, it just screams swamp. Right. It just screams, screams Juno swamp. We got to take care of ours up at Juno and screw the people. And it's just not wrong. And I know that this is a difficult thing, Michael, and that the solutions aren't easy and that, and that, and that budgeting and deficits and things like that have to be considered. Um, um, but it's going to take serious people making serious decisions to fix it. But I am absolutely for getting that dividend paid and, uh, and, 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 and working on the back stuff because it's all about honoring a promise and making the Alaskan people whole. Uh, Ruben McNeil is our guest, uh, House District 35 candidate under GOP. Uh, I want to talk a little bit here about uh, ranked choice voting. I know that uh, it's been kind of a contentious issue for many, especially in the conservative camp where uh, there was a lot of surprise that that actually passed. And uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with the way that it was sold to Alaskans, quite honestly. But, of course, we're left with uh, playing within the system that we're given. And so the discussion comes up on, for example, ranking the red. In your district especially, you've got two Republicans, you and Kevin McKinley, who are running against each other. But in the end, under ranked choice voting, uh, are you advocating for a ranking of the red? Are you advocating for, you know, vote for you first and Kevin second, uh, not ranking everybody else? What's your take on ranked choice and what are you encouraging your voters to do? No, you know what? Uh, I'm, I am uh, supporting the rank the red approach in District 35 for sure. Uh, um, I think the the candidate running on the on the Democrat ticket is uh, um, um, does not need to sit in office and make this decisions for this district, even though she's one of the nicest people I've, I've met and, and her, and her, and her, and her husband. Um, but I am absolutely supporting the, uh, uh, the rank, the red, um, and, you know, if you can't do me, uh, uh, in first choice, um, then, uh, then do me second. And I heard an ad from Sarah Palin and she said that, and I thought it was one of the uh, one of the best ads for 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 a rank the red approach, and I'm and I would like to mirror that. Um, um, I am not running to lose. I want to win this seat, and I really want to uh, represent my district uh, um, in the ways that I communicate that that I would. Um, but it's important that 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 we take this year, the year of Joey, the year of Joey Biden. And uh, and leverage this in, in in the hopes of switching uh, switching this seat to red, and uh, and I've had multiple conversations with Mr. McKinley. Uh, he's a good businessman, and uh, um, but I'm in this baby to win it. Okay, I I want to shock the world. I want to shock Alaska, and uh, and I'm working to do that. And uh, and I want to get in a mix. I want a microphone and I want to sit at the table with these people and I want to say, make it make me believe this junk. OK, let's you know, and then I want to throw throw my ideas as a common man out there. So so I absolutely rank the red in district thirty five. Uh, um, so I, I think this the, the 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 how this thing got into uh, um, into effect was. A joke, uh, you know. They say dark money; it'll control dark money. Good grief! If it's, if if anything else, done the opposite, uh, and then puts and then injected it with steroids. I that's mean, like, the, that's like and, saying we can cure you of cancer by giving you more cancer. I mean, that's you know, it's it's kind of a shocking thing. Uh, we're running the clock out here, though, so I got one final question before I give you final thoughts, and that is uh, uh, my my final question is, you know. 
your first day in office, you get elected, you're going down there. What's going to be your priority as you step through the door down there? What are you looking at first? You know, like I like I said earlier, mentioned earlier, you know, um, uh, you know, I want to tackle I want to tackle the dividend. I, I want to tackle the PFD. I want to get I want to identify and get with the people that are serious on this issue. And uh, um, uh, and I want to address this. But um, we have to be realistic. I'm, 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 I understand that throughput th- through the pipeline is down by three quarters. Um, we need to we need to develop this state. We need to get oil flowing through that pipeline again. We need to do the things um, that get the oil flowing again. OK, that that's our that's our driver. That's our economic driver in this state. We all know it. Now, you can put a windmill on your house if you want to, but uh, but you're going to need that oil at some point. OK, you can need to either drive to work, you need to heat your house or 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 buy something that's plastic. I mean, I don't know, but 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 we need to stop doing things, Joey, uh, to kill the oil industry uh, in this country, in this state. I mean, there's a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of jobs for Alaskans to prosper under. Um, so let's uh, let's 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 do that. Let's make want do things. I, a lot of them, the the some some of the mining projects and 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 uh, and and um, port builds and things like that, or port expansions, whatever. Um, uh, yes, obviously, okay. But we got to trim the fat in this budget. We need to we need to get dirty in these departments and these these nonprofit corporations underneath these departments that just get money. Uh, um, um, flowing into them with no accountability, and uh, and uh, um, we need to stop that stuff. And these supplemental budgets and this supplemental money and they're coming back to the well. No, absolutely not. You know why don't we look at doing hard cuts? Yeah. You know, board cuts. Why don't we do stuff like that and really, really do the hard work? And uh, I'm for it. I'm for it. Um, and and that's what I'm ready to do. Reuben McNeil, our guest, House District 35 candidate on the GOP ticket. Uh, Reuben, final thoughts here, last couple minutes, uh, give you a chance for your elevator pitch. Why should people vote for you versus your opponents? And uh, how do they find out more about you, et cetera? So you got about two minutes here. Yeah, really quick. So I just, I wanted I want to talk a little bit about a forum that was done sponsored by the NAACP and a question that was asked of uh, of the attendees. I did not attend this forum, but I was invited. I had a scheduling conflict. Anyhow, a question was asked of uh, of the attendees. One being Ashley Carrick and and Kevin McKinley. Okay, that would they be allowed to codify? Would would they be um, um, willing to codify into law as a legislator absolute reproductive freedom? Let me say that again. This was a question asked of adults. Would you codify into law absolute reproductive freedom? Now, now, Kevin actually came first and asked for clarification on this question because it probably shocked him about as much as I did when listening to it. And he got clarification that it was all, you know, pretty much all the above, all inclusive. And he, of course, said, no, God bless him. Ashley Carrick um, um, came after and said, yes. OK, now I'm not going to put words into Ashley Carrick's mind or heart, but I know what absolute reproductive freedom means to me, and that should scare the absolute, you know what, out of everybody. Okay, um, so um, final thoughts is please, as nice as she is, 
don't put this young lady uh, into office. You have options. You have uh, you have a uh, you have myself and you have Kevin McKinley. We are advocating a rank the red. Pick your poison and go for it. Um, as far as my campaign, I am small fries. I don't have a lot of money. I do have a website. Uh, it's RubenForAlaska.com. RubenForAlaska.com. If I had money, I would buy ad time and I would spread this message that I've shared with you, Michael, all across the airways. But I, I, I don't have the means. But boy, this opportunity that you've given me has been appreciated, and I thank you so much. Um, and that's my elevator pitch. I, I am, I'm a, I'm, I know who I work. I know who I would be working for as a legislator, and I intend to do that. I'm a conservative, um, um, and, uh, and that's how I'll operate. All right, RubenForAlaska.com. I put links up in the chat room for folks who want to check it out and take a look at it. Ruben McNeil, we appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for being part of the show today. And uh, we uh, we wish you luck uh, on Election Day, which is just, uh, what, 15 days away. So thank you for coming on board this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate right, it. Hold the line for a second, folks. We're out of time. we got more coming up. We'll take some calls, have some commentary and more in the final segment of the show this morning. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break uh, right now. Uh, final final thoughts. Bite at the apple, the last one. I give, uh, like to give candidates one more shot in case there was something that I didn't uh, hit on, something that uh, you wanted to expand on or anything else. we got about two or three minutes here, Ruben, so I'll give you the floor and uh, let, let me know what... Uh, what you what what you want to say? You get the final bite at the apple here, Michael. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for the invite. Um, I've been I've wanted a microphone to to do exactly what I I think I've done this morning. You know, I am a uh, I'm I'm an American. Okay, um, um, I I love the colors. Uh, when I see the flag waving, um, it does something to me. When I when I hold my hand over my heart and I. I uh, um, I sing the uh, the national anthem and the Star Spangled Banner, and I listen to the words of that um, of, of that anthem. Um, it wells up inside of me. I'm an American. I believe we need to bring a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, American values uh, back to the to Alaska. You know, faith, family, uh, hard work, um, the American way, opportunity. You know, the can-do spirit. And uh, uh, I'm so proud to be an I'm so proud and feel blessed to be an American uh, um, um, to to live in the most beautiful place in the world, uh, Alaska, um, to 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 gather up my hunting gear and my fishing gear and get out in this in, in this land and do the things that I that I love and enjoy. It's an ap- absolute blessing. And uh, and I want to I want to cherish it. I want to protect it. And, uh, uh, and, um, and I want to make the experience even better. Um, I think that there's, there's op- things going on in Juneau. Uh, um, we all call it the swamp at my level. And uh, 
uh, I want to get in the middle of it and I want to go to work. And uh, I had a gentleman stop by my booth at the Winter Expo this weekend. And, uh, and, and uh, I think, and he admitted that he's gone to all the candidate booths and he said, who do you work for? Who do you work for? Okay. Uh, um, you don't work for government. You work for us. You work for the people that elected you. And, 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 and if you make it up there, uh, um, you may forget a lot of things, but if you, if you don't forget that one, um, you're going to win. And, uh, and, and the Alaskan people will see it. And, uh, I took his words to heart and, uh, um, but that's been my approach the whole time. I'm just a regular guy. Uh, and I care enough to do this. The whole experience has really opened up my eyes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, um, but um, it's pulled me out of my comfort zone. And it's just been good for me. And I've met some really wonderful people. Um, so, um, Michael, there you go. There it is right there. Bite at the apple. All right. Vote for Ru uh, Rubenforalaska.com. Rank me, rank me first, but definitely rank a, Rank the Red, RubenforAlaska.com. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it, Ruben. Uh, thanks for coming on board. Ruben McNeil, GOP candidate for House District 35. Again, saying rank the Red, rank him, rank Kevin, either or, one of the two, both, uh, whichever position you want to put him in and see if we can get that district to get back to the Republican hands. Thank you, Ruben. Appreciate you coming on board. We will wish you luck, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate it. All right, folks, uh, that uh, does that, uh, puts us back uh, where we need to be. Let me jump back over here to the uh, let me jump back over here to the phones and get things lined up for phone calls this morning. Uh, we want to, of course, uh, remind you that uh, this hour of the program being brought to you by Satellite West. We'll talk more about that here in just a hot second. Um, and I guess I should fire, let me fire the phones up here because, uh, hold your ears, hold your ears. Let's make sure it doesn't, uh, doesn't peek everything out here again. Thanks for calling the call in line of the okay. Michael Duke show powered and sponsored by. All right. So, uh, phone lines are now open and live. I'm glad I didn't say anything. It went from. <laughs> it like doubled up. <laughs> it was going to blow your drums out. All right. So we're ready to go here. Uh, we've got the phone lines up and running and we're uh, going to uh, take some calls from you and see what you guys have to say uh, here in just a hot second uh, and see what, uh, what your thoughts are uh, right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that with a ranking of the red in that district, we might be able to, to do uh, turp it over. Uh, so whichever candidate you found to be the most compelling, if you're living in that district, well, then uh, you know who to, who to vote number one and then the other vote number two. That's, uh, that's how it works. We've got to work the system. So, all right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, I'm going back into the comment section here, man. Uh, somebody's full of PNV this morning. Uh, Twenty seconds out. Let's uh, let's get ready to uh, to jump back into this and uh, take some of your calls and see what you have to say. There's already already a question in here that I'm going to talk about uh, from Gordon on YouTube. He asked a question earlier. We'll get back to that here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio.
Okay. Um, welcome back to the program. <clears throat> One final segment of the show for uh one final segment of the show this morning being brought to you by your friends over there of course at satellite west you can find them at satellitewest.com when it comes to communications in the state of alaska they got you covered i mean it doesn't matter where you are you could be everywhere from ignick to uh to uh, king salmon and they will find you a way to be connected for texting for phone calls for emails for internet that's what they do they're experts on that satellite west proud sponsors of the show you could find him at SatelliteWest.com. Okay, we're going to open up the phone lines and take some calls from you, the listeners, this morning. I do have one set of questions that Gordon on YouTube brought up this morning. He was asking about some ranked choice voting, so I want to get into that and clarify it. But let's take some calls first to see what you have to say and uh, see what's uh, on your mind this morning with candidates or anything else that we've covered. We'll go over here and start fresh. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to say I sure do appreciate uh, you coming up to Fairbanks and running the gun show that was uh, joining the uh, Go Winter show. And I also appreciate that you um, answered some of my gun questions in person when I told you about my run-in with that fox there. No problem. <laughs> appreciate your info and insight on that. And um, also in the big, big main room there of the Go Winter Expo, I had my own booth, which was a lot of fun, I, uh, Saturday and Sunday there, in which I uh, talked about my proposal for getting two PFD checks per year. And I had uh, four giant posters on the back wall there, and a lot of people stopped and read those posters, and I handed out a lot of my pamphlets, and uh, it was a really good experience, and I appreciate the whole thing. Well, good. I mean, uh, it's one thing, you know, Randy and I, uh, you and I don't agree on uh, on a lot of this stuff with the PFD, but I've always admired the fact that you've always been willing to put your money where your mouth is and and do what you need to do. And so I, I appreciate you participating uh, one way or the other. Like I say, we might, might not agree, but at least you're willing to pony up the dollars to uh, stand behind your belief. So I appreciate that. And uh, what was the general reaction to your uh, two PFD strategy that you've talked about? Well, I got a lot of uh, interest, uh, and uh, seemed like more on Sunday, kind of like. And um, uh, some people said, "Oh, yeah, I agree with that." And talked about one lady talked about the military, you know, coming and going and getting the full PFD, and she wasn't mm -hmm. quite. Well, she, she didn't quite like that all that much, but you know, I, I like the military. But anyway, uh, I advocate, you know, both kinds of PFDs. Also, just now, Harold uh, wrote in the chat room and said, that proposal of mine has already been found to be unconstitutional. Well, my proposal, the whole idea of my proposal is how to get around that. That, that You probably haven't had a chance to read my proposal. But um, I had good response and uh, really enjoyed it. All right. Well, I... The only thing, by the way, let me just say, the only thing I didn't, one thing that I was hoping for was a good, strong difference in opinion. I don't know if people are just like to be nice, you know, they don't want to get into a into a big debate or something, but I really would have appreciated somebody coming in and saying, you know, I think you're wrong and here's why. And, and that would have really been charged my battery. There. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, Randy. Well, thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. And again, uh, uh, thanks for calling, uh, the show this morning. All right. Um, 
uh, that's it uh, for Randy there. Uh, if you'd like to call in, the phone lines are now open at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you this morning and uh, get your point. Gordon asked a question earlier on in the program. He said, uh, I thought that I remembered... Uh, that you had an expert that stated that rank all of the choices or your vote can be nullified. Do I understand that correctly? And he went on to say that you had that expert on ranked choice voting earlier this year. Um, and uh, he was asking this question about ranked choice voting. Here's the thing. You do not have to rank every candidate to have your vote nullified. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking specifically about bullet voters who voted for one person only. Now, that's not to say that you have to absolutely rank every candidate. For example, I will not be ranking every candidate on the governor's ballot. I will be ranking Charlie Pierce and Mike Dunleavy. I will not be ranking Les Guerra or Bill Walker. Uh, that doesn't mean that my vote will be nullified. My vote can be exhausted. Uh, and the danger, of course, with a single voter like a uh, you know what they call bullet voters is that uh, they can then miss all the subsequent rounds of, uh, of, uh, of voting if their candidate is eliminated. Uh, and it gives a higher percentage of a higher percentage of, uh, of uh, exhausted ballots with the bullet voters, so to speak. So his recommendation was, of course, you know, vote for the candidates that you can support, but don't vote for the candidates that you can't support uh, kind of thing. So yeah, you do not have to fill out every, you do not have to fill out every uh, uh, ballot, every position for every candidate. Ranking the red is basically saying that. So if you've got two candidates or three candidates, then you should rank those candidates and then move on. Again, I'm doing the same thing in the uh, in the congressional race. I'm ranking Chris By and Nick Baggage and Sarah Palin because those are the three candidates that I can get behind. I won't be ranking Peltola uh, uh, on that on that ballot. That's just that's how I've got going on. All right, let's go over to the phones here. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Charles in Fairbanks. I got a I got a question. Uh, I hope I got a good signal. But uh, Tom Paine wrote a book, uh, Agrarian Justice, seventeen ninety seven, I believe. Wonder if anybody's used that as a reference. I don't hear any uh, references to that book. He proposed a citizen's dividend of a lot of things similar to our PFD, and uh, maybe Randy could spend some time reading that and. Uh, Give us all his experienced uh, uh, information from Thomas, all his knowledge. Thomas Paine, agrar <laughs> Agrarian Justice. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I hadn't heard of it. Tom, Tom Paine. Tom Paine. Tom Paine, Agrarian Justice. Okay, all right. Thank Thomas. you. Thank you so much, Charles. I appreciate it. Let's go over here to the next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Michael. This is Mike calling over from uh, Chena Ridge area. Yeah, I was just wondering, Mike, do you know the ratio of Murkowski versus Shabaka commercials being run right now? And where is Murkowski getting all their money for all these commercials? I was just wondering, you know, how many commercials does Murkowski run in a 24-hour period? I, w I was wondering if you knew that. Well, I don't know the 24-hour period. I did look at some of the political filings uh, that were done with some of the local stations uh, here recently. And from what I saw, Murkowski has been placing um, commercials and buys at approximately 10 to 1. Um, 
for what Kelly has that, wow. you know, 10 to one. Um, and then that doesn't include, by the way, the Senate leadership fund uh, or the friends of Lisa pack as well. They've also been placing uh, in fact, the Senate Leadership Fund had placed more buys. I don't know about the dollar figure, but they had placed more individual buys than Lisa Murkowski's own campaign had. And so you're seeing Kelly Shabaka with all the packs and everything, probably conservative somewhere 25 to 1 right now is what you're seeing uh, between the the candidate and all the packs going on out there. Um, it's been, I'll be honest, it's been a little disappointing. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, exposure for Kelly out there in those regards. Maybe it's going through on digital, uh, you know, Facebook and YouTube or so, you know, whatever. But I'm seeing a lot of lot of stuff in radio and television for um, uh, for uh, 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 Murkowski versus pay, uh, versus Chewbacca. Uh, in fact, in Fairbanks alone, in Fairbanks alone, this is a staggering number. In Fairbanks alone, over a five week period, the Senate Leadership Fund on a single television spa- uh, station spent three hundred and fifty three thousand uh, dollars on a single on a single television station over about a five week period. Uh, that ought to be that ought to be enough to just make you go. Whoa. Whoa. Anyway, uh, thanks, Mike. I'm sorry we're out of time. Folks, we got to go tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story won't be with us, but we may have Mayor Charlie Pierce with us. We'll see what happens with that. Thanks for coming in and joining us. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, you could go out and look. Uh, you could go out and look at the uh, political files. The FCC has a uh, has a has an archive of all the political files that are, the stations are required to file by law when they receive a political buy or an issue buy or a pack buy. And I was just perusing some of them, and I saw that the local Fairbanks station, the local Fairbanks station, in a six week period with one schedule one by three hundred and fifty three thousand dollars from the senate leadership fund (laughs) wow that's like half a year's revenue for one radio station that's what that i mean that's you know one radio station that's like a, a third to a half of a year's revenue in one single buy uh it's crazy stuff anyway um, that's it for today, folks. Again, Brad Keithley tomorrow. Chris Story sent me a text this morning, said he can't make it. So we'll see if we can get Charlie Pierce on for tomorrow to talk about all the campaign chicanery and more. Appreciate you guys coming on board and joining us. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
Shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.